Joel Worley of Leader Games, designer of Root, famous asymmetric board game, uh, here to talk about StarCraft, famous asymmetric video game. Tell us about the comparisons betwixt the two. Or the not, no, the non-comparisons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, they're so different. It's, it's, it's crazy how different they are. They're nothing alike. Um, <laughs> the, the asymmetry in, in Root is, com, has a completely different articulation. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you how it's different. In StarCraft, um, despite the asymmetry, all the factions are designed around a rock, paper, scissors pyramid yep. mm-hmm. of econ, rush, and tech. And, that's a good principle, but doesn't apply to Root. Root yeah. Root's factions, every faction has a different little pyramid. They simply just don't combo against each other. They, they right. There are internal tensions and internal liabilities that you're playing with. Yeah. But the game, like, that's why the game feels so different from StarCraft. And it's also why StarCraft feels so different from, like, any asymmetric design. Yeah. In, in like the broader board game space. Because, like, Root, Root is asymmetric. And similar to how a coin game is asymmetric or similar how... Fast is asymmetric, or even a benighted comparison, similar to how TI is is, is asymmetric. And Ooh. I say that that's cursed because Patrick would like hate me for saying. That. Yeah, <laughs> but but I really do think that like if you take some of the asymmetric design tendencies that you see in those games and you just amp them up, you start getting towards root. But StarCraft's asymmetry works so 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 different. Yeah, because we're all playing the same game. Yeah, right. to, to note, uh, we haven't seen a fourth StarCraft faction in um, 25 years uh, or whatever. So I that's suppose true. that's kind of maybe to your point of they're designed very interlinked uh, in a way that few I, other games commit to. Matt, that's actually not true. I've heard there is a fourth uh, StarCraft faction and it's called Random. And I don't know <laughs> what it means, but it's some other faction that they've invented. I thought, Hunter, I thought you were going to say... Uh, the new, the other StarCraft faction is uh, Rohan. In the oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Rohan is a very solid faction. Well, there's this like cool kaleidoscopic um, design uh, design element to StarCraft, which is that the like the space in the very first release, StarCraft, it's called. <laughs> it's called StarCraft. Uh, it's yeah. just called StarCraft. <laughs> 1998. Um, every every iteration, including Brood War, including uh, Wings of Liberty and its three expansions, yeah, mm-hmm. which is which is insane. Um, it's just developing that same triangle. It's like a little kaleidoscope that just keeps like turning, yeah, and like or like a fractal, like where it's like, oh, like there's this unit that should exist in this spot, and now it's gonna like blossom out, right? And so you could keep expanding it forever. But the idea of a fourth faction, like it bothers me on like a really like core level. Like I'm repulsed mm-hmm. yeah. by the idea of a fourth it, StarCraft faction. Yeah. Heretical. It's called yeah. it's called Warcraft Three, and it's just the orcs and the humans look p- pretty close to the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and Warcraft, I think, has a completely different asymmetric philosophy, despite yeah. being like almost the same game in other ways. <laughs> you can expand Warcraft forever. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But StarCraft is the perfect uh, rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be cool if in Root, everyone harvested minerals and Vespian gas. I just think like Especially that. for the first five minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah, you, just, yeah. you just started, you just weren't doing, you just weren't doing anything. Let's go! Welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac. I am your first host, Hunter Donaldson. Hello and welcome. Um, and then my second host is uh, Matt. And it's me, and I'm here. Hello, too. And uh, this week, we are uh, continuing our journey through the 1998 amazing, wonderful, real-time strategy game, StarCraft. We've talked about the base campaign. We've talked about Brood Wars campaign, and we've been teasing it forever. It is finally time to talk about the behemoth 
That is StarCraft Multiplayer. And to join us today, we have our dear friend, as we introduced already, I don't even hardly have to introduce him, but it's Cole Worley. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Hello, hello. I'm so happy uh, that you finally relented. I've been threatening to ambush this podcast <laughs> yeah. since its inception. I've made it out. I've, I've breached the wall. Uh, so w- there's a lot we could talk about it, uh, with regards to multiplayer and StarCraft. Obviously, there's an entire massive competitive scene that I uh, am very keen on watching. But I know we really, really, really wanted to focus our efforts today specifically on used map settings, the custom game modes of uh, StarCraft. And so, Hunter, maybe can you introduce us to just what this even is in StarCraft for people who have been living uh, away from this world of RTSs since the 90s? Yeah, Yeah, well, I want to start personal because I was... When I was a kid and playing StarCraft, I was in the woods and we didn't we didn't have we had like dial up internet that I used to get on the Beanie Babies forum, but I it wasn't maybe up to snuff for Battle.net. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't do a lot of that. And then when I got maybe I was a little bit older, maybe like two thousand one, two thousand two, Lord of the Rings movies had just come out. It's important to note. Uh, and I started trying to play StarCraft and I started p- trying to play Ladder, and I just got me butt whooped all the time <laughs> yeah couldn't do it Re- really could not hang uh at all i'm curious as to could you hang cole when when starcraft brood war first came out i did not i'm gonna admit here and i think the statute of limitations is up <laughs> yeah. i i pirated starcraft <gasps> yeah there you go um, and it was pirated in like the most old school way i had a friend whose dad had like a fancy job at like a computer engineering firm and he had the ability, circa 1998, to burn CDs. Whoa. And he brought me uh, a copy, like, a, like, I don't know, it was, I think his kid had probably bragged that his dad had this ability, which means his dad was soon minting, like, <laughs> illicit, you know, game, game, what are they called, images. Um, mm-hmm. And so he, uh, I, I got, I got brought a, a copy of StarCraft on a gold CD. <laughs> With laser engraved, like ink engraved in like a bloody font that just says Starcraft wow, on the top. Yeah. And then my my key, my CD key, printed on the CD. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, which I still have and I'll have to like take a picture of it some somewhere. Um and but mercifully, mercifully, uh if you had Brood War, that came with a different CD key. So mm-hmm. I did buy a copy of Brood War, which gave me a, a, a good legal CD key to let there me you go. enjoy enjoy the things. Um I, that game came out, StarCraft was like, I think I was in sixth grade or seventh grade. I was a little late. It's crazy, by the way. I'm sure y'all talked about this. That like StarCraft came out like at the beginning of 1998 and then Brood War came out like Later. at the end of the yeah. year. It's yeah. horrifying. <laughs> which, yeah, which is insane. That, that That's a turnaround. For those of you who waited so long for Diablo 4, I just want you to know what us 90s kids had. Yeah. Um, just that same dang year. So I, um, I could not hang in ladder. Because there was no matchmaking. Ladder yeah. was like, you go in and you just hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and like you would look, you would try to suss out by the way they had named the game, like how serious they were. Right. And like, is it, was this maybe some kid you were going to get lucky on? Right. Um, it was, about, I, I really did try though. Um, I was just so bad. And also, this is like before YouTube. It's like not right. cl- like if you had played the campaign, which I did play a lot of, and then you went to play a multiplayer game of StarCraft, it did not prepare you. <laughs> no. <laughs> like there was no way to know because really the multiplayer games are a whole different, like even if the AI is good, like because I remember playing against AIs getting to the point where I thought I was good. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think, I think I won like one game of like ladder. It was, it was mm-hmm. bad. But then I clicked on the little drop-down menu and said, ah, what's a custom map? What are yeah, these map go. settings games? Yeah. And that like opened a universe of design. Yeah. Uh, it's also the thing that caused me to get um, StarCraft taken away from me because I was explaining <laughs> to my parents how strategic and interesting this game was. And then my mom walked in while I was playing Bunker Wars, which is just watching Marines like spawn and die. And so yeah. she like looked at the screen and there were just all these little people exploding. Um, and she thought, no, 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 this is not in a Christian household. We absolutely <laughs> right. do not do right. this. Uh, it was your so, doom moment. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. It was my doom moment. It was, it was that in Diablo. I really, uh, I think I asked for like ultimate eight pagan that year. So I was really 
She was worried about me. I was an at-risk Uh-oh. youth. For, you were getting for a nasty moment. in, in um, cyberspace. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I will just, I want to take everyone to the world of like 1999. And mm-hmm. I, it's a Friday night and Friday nights were Starcraft night with my friends. We are, we are dialing up on our 56Ks. I think it was right yes. before we got DSLs. Some of us, my fancier friends had DSLs with the little filters on their modems. And we went to a chat, D-O, D-I-O, that was our little, our, little, our little hang chat. And we would all hang out on Friday nights in that chat and then essentially do our own matchmaking. And yeah. this is like, this is mainly, like I, me- I mentioned this because this is a key part of like the, the what, we, what we might think of as like the material culture of StarCraft was you were kind of only playing with your friends mm-hmm. right. and maybe some randos. Which is very different from like me logging onto Apex and playing with mostly like strange yeah. children who I've never met. Right. Like, person. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was like, no, there are eight or nine of us. We're going to like do our own matchmaking. And occasionally we would post a game and say like, could we find people to like fill the seats? Yeah. But even right. when that happened, there was always like a secret cabal where we were going to push out the, the rounds. <laughs> right. Right. For, Can't for start fill. the game until we have eight of us, but we right. can continue the game with six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was like, it was a magical place too, because the, the game queue. So when you went to make a, a, a use map settings game, your game queue was just, it w- you'd make your game, it would sit in the queue. And that queue was just populated by whatever game was most recent in the queue. So you, it was just, it was just rolling yeah. just constantly. And you'd be like, Oh, yeah. I want to play bunker wars. So you would just like pick one and then <laughs> you, you would run off to it. Um, and that like that got cleaned up in Warcraft three and mm-hmm. to the detriment of everyone, because it <laughs> meant that like certain types of games rose to the top yeah. and then only those types of games got played. Dota. Whereas before, like you look at that GameCube and be like paintball unlimited. I don't know what that is. Yeah. You paintball in, Star- in Starcraft. And then you were, you were in this Let's weird do paintball now. I guess it's a paintball game now. Let's do it. Fine. Whatever. It felt yeah, like channel surfing. It was like channel surfing. Before yeah, you yeah. before we started this recording, you sent us a file of your like your documented games, all of the all of the use map settings you had saved, I guess, from from your days of StarCraft. And it was seven hundred and fifty-five files. Now you yeah. you qualify that saying some of those were torrented or whatever, but the extent of which people could just come across about a hundred, you know, just random maps and like, all right, I'll keep it around. And the next time we have a land, maybe that'll just get added to the Rolodex of stuff we check out. Oh, and there's some like funny nonsense here. So a lot of those files start with like exclamation points. So originally, (laughs) well, it was an arms race. Because originally people, most StarCraft maps start with a number in parentheses, which is the player count of the Mm -hmm. map. Mm -hmm. Right. Then people realize if you like put a one, it will appear at the top of the list when people yeah. are like scrolling through the <laughs> yeah. maps. And then folks are like, you know, it's even more powerful than a parenthesis one, uh, an exclamation point and, yep. or two exclamation points. So <laughs> when you, if you just scroll through that list, you can see like, and eventually they get to like special characters. And what they're doing is they're trying to get it so that when you load your map menu, their file like sits on top. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, wonderful. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Never improved. Upon. Advertising at its finest folks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what what gets better than just adding an exclamation point? So, when did you start? When did you get into use map settings? When did you start getting into the weirder stuff? Because I can I, I can understand you like landing with your friends, and that might start with a more like traditional idea of StarCraft. But when does it get weirder? When do you start playing some of these maps that you that you sent us today? So we so the first one was really Bunker War. So we would yeah. we we used to play verse computers. And mm-hmm. then some of us got better than others. Mm-hmm. And right. I was not like a top tier in my little group. I was like a very middling player. It wasn't really till Warcraft three that I got like actually interested in how to get good at an RTS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with Starcraft, I was kind of a middling player. And what would happen is we would break and play two V twos and three V threes. But there was no way to make good teams. Yeah. So like we were just always getting crushed. And so eventually we, we started finding like other sorts of games uh, the first one was really Bunker Wars. And Bunker Wars, the most basic incarnation of Bunker Wars is you have a bunker, I guess. And then it's spawning Marines. Like yeah. every like 15 seconds, it's like, boop, here's like 20 Marines. Mm-hmm. And then you're making decisions, I guess, some decisions. You're not really doing anything. You have but, some sort of input. Yeah. So like a lot of the, the more advanced Bunker Wars maps would have like upgrade trees. 
So you could be like, oh, when I get my 10 Marines, I also want like a vulture. Yeah. And then you could start like developing your little like tech. Um, but there's not like a ton of depth to the Bunker Wars maps. Um, that didn't stop us from playing them a lot. Right. Um, and then the, the next group of maps that we got into were probably like the Lord of the Rings maps, which are wow. in, in some ways like, I mean, we're going to talk about some weird ones. So don't <laughs> yeah. just, just bu- buckle <laughs> yeah. in. Oh, because, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. The, the space gets wild. The, the Lord of the Rings maps are like the Bunker maps, except they've got the, the deep lore. Mm-hmm. Deep lore. <laughs> the deep lore. Minor characters. Especially because a given. lot of these are like before the movies even came out. They yeah. were working on oh, these yeah. maps. And so people are like, I love like the lesser works of Tolkien. And here's <laughs> right. my like Fall of Numenor, <laughs> Lord <laughs> of the Rings, Starcraft map. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And, and, well, and also like, so my favorite map, which unfortunately I cannot find. And so I, I, I say it. I'm like, did this map even flipping exist? There was a map called Nehemiah, which was like essentially a fan fiction fourth age map. Oh, um, yeah. I definitely played some fourth age stuff. I yeah. don't remember it being called that, but yeah. And, and so like it, it had, you know, it, it was like fan fiction for other StarCraft maps. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yes. Uh, yep. Um, yep. And, and so we, we should step back and say how the Lord of the Rings maps worked. Essentially, yeah. like the building in StarCraft where you get your upgrades for Terran is called an academy. Mm-hmm. And if you squint, it looks like a little like a castle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, sort of. Yeah, yeah sort of. <laughs> and, and so, and that that's a key a key element is realizing like we're really just it's all vibes in, in the world of yeah, the art. Yeah, yeah. deeply so interpretive. <laughs> yes. Right. And so uh, the way the Lord of the Rings maps work is you can only build like, an academy costs one gas, and you, you start the game with a single gas, and so you start building your academy. It will take you five minutes to build the academy. Right. And, <laughs> and so that's intentional. Wh- and that's intentional because, y- and then you're getting like a spawn of units. And once the academy's done, you're going to get another gas to build your next academy. But right. also like now your units are a little bit better. So they, they would like slowly ramp up. So what they were essentially doing is like scheduled reinforcements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nobody would explain to you, although that, uh, that you had to build this academy, although some of the games had that little like briefing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they were like, hey, Start building your academy. Yeah, you have to build the academy yeah, right away. If, yeah, you right if, if you mess up, if you don't build the academy, you messed be up. up. Yeah, you're going to be off a little bit. And then a lot of the character of the Lord of the Rings, and, and, and indeed all these maps, is basically them looking at the StarCraft unit roster. They can play with health and shields and damage, but not really much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like you, the war, the Warcraft map makers really were. It got zany. But like, right. you know, they're like, okay, so like Gimli, you know, he's got an ax that can like cleave. So we, we you know, we're, we're familiar with, with like cleaving. We, we, mm-hmm. we might've like just right. read like the third edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And so we're like, well, what is that in Starcraft? And it's like a fire bat. Right. Because fire, yeah, because fire bats have splash damage. And that's kind of like a cleave. So Gimli was always <laughs> a fire bat in these, in these maps. Yeah. To the point where it like became very natural. To be like, yeah, oh, yeah. Where, where's Gimli? Where's my fire bat? Yeah. Um, it's funny that you bring up Gimli, though, because I remember sometimes Gimli would be a Zergling, and I would be like, yes. I get the logic there, <laughs> but I don't approve because it's there's no splash damage. Like, uh-huh. how are we going to distinguish uh-huh. what Gimli does versus what, you know, Aragorn does? Aragorn would traditionally be like a zealot, yeah. always. Yeah. He's got Gimli's, well, because they wanted him short, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, that's that's what it is, right? Yeah. Right. But it's just not, It's it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like it has the same gameplay representation of what Gimli is supposed to be. Um, yeah so these lord of the rings maps which i also i also played uh, a lot of these i played a lot of the silmarillion maps as i was reading the silmarillion so i would get to a chapter that would be about like a specific battle like the near nath aodiad or whatever uh and then i would notice that there was a starcraft map called that and then i would play that starcraft map as almost like a book club. Yeah. Like as I'm going through, I'm like, oh, I'm learning about these characters. I'm learning about these battles. And then as I would read the Silmarillion, I would imagine the StarCraft units mm-hmm. like kind of as the theater, the theater space, the theater of the mind for the Silmarillion. So your mental like like how people, you know, had their images of what Aragorn looks like before the movies came out. 
for Aragorn you, was a zealot. For you, yeah, it was a zealot. A, yeah, he was zealot. like a space yeah, yeah. wizard. <laughs> well, and, and, and the, the resolution of the, of the sprite graphics is doing a lot of work here too, right? Yeah, because uh-huh. you like, at a distance, yeah. you can kind of start to see, oh yeah, like, uh, you know, like anytime there was like a horse unit, it'd always be like a dragoon, which yeah. is mm-hmm. or like a chariot or something. Um, and and I, I could buy it. I like, you know, you'd get right yeah. on that, right on that side. Right. But, but that was, you know, in some ways, like those, like the strategic branch, that was just like the, the first like zone of design, right? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I was playing a lot of JRPGs at that time in my life. I'm not ashamed to say. And yeah, yeah. it was, I, I, as I was scrolling, going down memory lane, scrolling through the, the StarCraft maps, um, my favorite title, I think of any of these maps is, FF seven whole game. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. And, and, and we played, uh, my favorite of the RPGs was an RPG, uh, for Starcraft called ogre battle, mm-hmm. which yeah. had almost no relationship with actual ogre battle. Oh, okay. But, Good. But, Fun. But was like a totally realized RPG. So mm-hmm. this is where I want to be coached through it because I, I I was not around these years playing StarCraft use map settings and the RPG maps are definitely more bewildering to me. So what is the what do you do in an RPG map? Is it single player is the first question. No. No, party based. Okay. No. Okay. So yeah, what's it, go so and I mean, how how uh, okay, involved so are the narratives in gonna, a StarCraft RPG? Oh, they could be so involved. And in fact, <laughs> there's a whole subgenre of use map settings, which are like essentially movies that <laughs> yeah. you would load in and just like watch. You just watch a the thing. These, the really good RPGs had cutscenes yep. because they can control the map, could control mm-hmm. the camera. It can put dialogue out. Oh, sure. Um, but, but the first thing is to talk about how the HUD works in the RPGs. Because the StarCraft, like, heads-up display does n- is not robust. It's, yeah. like, good at playing StarCraft, but you don't have, like, the ability to, like, level your characters. So yeah, how, right. how do you do that? Well, you're playing a Zella, and your Zella is, like, called Fighter Level 1. Okay? okay. And at a certain point, uh, you're going to level up, in which case your Fighter Level 1 is dead <laughs> and is respawned as another Zealot, which is called Fighter Level 2, uh-huh. which right. is because... Every, uh, in the StarCraft map editor, if I'm remembering right, you can't have different zealots, but like every hero zealot from the campaign oh, is a yeah. different like slot that you can right, put right. things in. And then on, so when you start the map, it's going to be this massive map. It's all shrouded in darkness. And you're, you've got your little character in like the starting village. And then if you scroll to the left, in the bottom left of the corner of the map, there is a like uh, village, I guess, yeah. where you have this generic pawn, which is a Terran civilian who can walk around to these different beacons. And the beacons are like, buy potion. Right. Yes. And when you like move okay. your little guy there, it like buys a potion, which maybe like gives you some HP. And then that r- reduces your minerals, which are like your money and your gas is like your experience. So if you get to like a thousand gas, you're like, okay, I'm going to move my little, my little mouse pointer. My little Terran civilian is going to move to the like yeah. level up beacon i I love that you're bringing this up because so we 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 uh just this last weekend for hunter's birthday uh hunter was hosting essentially a used map setting uh fun day extravaganza with uh, a bunch of our friends and the hilarious thing was those of us who didn't play a lot of starcraft maps we would load into these weird custom games and uh like hunter and alex and whoever else was like very well experienced in the sort of language of these maps would be trying to explain things to us but i don't think they realized that they were like fundamental uh pieces of how you interact with things that we weren't even aware of. so they'd be like oh right. yeah you just you just click that thing over there and we're like what are you talking about and none of us were aware that in the bottom left corner there was a little village of like you that was your menu the menu menu for the thing no one was explaining the menu to us so we were like i don't know what's going on and to to hunter and alex it was like perfectly logical of like yeah your your civilian is your mouse cursor and you just send him into spawn points (laughs) to click things and the rest of us are like that doesn't make any fucking sense but i will try to learn this and we eventually catch on but i do think that's like a critical idea of like how baroque and like disconnected well, uh, no, so many it's lemons things. it's lemons yeah. lemonade yeah. like it's like this is this yeah. is what we have right this was the only way to get these types of exactly. games done i love it to, 
yeah turn turn the ui into physical objects in the map yeah because that's yeah well the the map editor because like so so pretty soon you like can't play use map settings for very long without like opening the map editor and see oh yeah trying your own and yeah. it was right at this th- th- this era where because the resource the system resources were kind of limited they couldn't give you that much control and like mm-hmm. the example of like a zealot is a zealot and like Zeratul is a Zeratul or, right. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and within that framework though, they have, you have the ability to like create triggers. Yeah. And that like starts opening up all of this like space and you're, you'll see something in a map and you're like, wow, that's neat. And then you can just like look, open the map in the map editor Yeah. Right. and see how it works. And then like, copy that into your own i mean i think that when, when people talk about uh like making dune maps and like modding doom yeah i i don't i have no idea what they're talking about because doom wasn't a game that like meant anything to me i didn't mm-hmm, play it as right. a kid um but starcraft maps yes like i like hung out in that map editor there's like a yeah. lot yeah, to, yeah. a lot to explore also worth noting and this is another like thing that uh we it, it feels like voice has been around forever but like this is all happening without microphones. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You are just you are just typing typing this out. So like yeah. the, the best maps had to give you like a little bit of room to like, you know, read slow things down and talk through. Actually, yeah, chat. yeah. You they can't expect right. communication to be lightning fast of like just like talking through things you have to type out how you're going to strategically <laughs> combine. That was the hardest thing. We played a Helm's Deep map and it was like, let's just throw everybody on stuff. Uh, a couple of you are going to take this single character. And then I ended up taking uh, what amounted to like 4 billion units. <laughs> and That's it's like, true. oh, no. Yeah. 12 I, don't time, baby. I don't know what I'm going to do with <laughs> all of these. At a time. <laughs> I was amazed with the like, you know, uh, the, the, the unit limit having seemingly no bounds almost. Like it, it was wild how much stuff could be on a screen. And I wonder yeah. how that felt on old internet i mean i i that, that seems like it would have been uh much clunkier but maybe it wasn't no it was day. like it was smooth and also the yeah. so okay the other like subgenre it's like we're talking about helm's deep is a good example is because there are variants of the helm's deep map and yeah. the, the the most common ones that i played were co-op experiences right and yeah. this is like defend the temple helm's deep or the one that we like literally took months to beat was this map called d-day where you had to like do mm-hmm. landings and get further mm-hmm. along. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was yeah, yeah. so, <laughs> it, it, it was amazing because like these were co-op experiences that we were like talking about at lunch and like strategizing like how to beat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh man. <laughs> and I think D-Day was one also that has my favorite gimmick, which is used in the, in the Prince of Persia games too, where you start D-Day and it's like, you got two hours to win. Like you have to take like the final, like the, the final bunker you have to take within two hours. Oh wow. Right. And we would get like an hour in and be like, we're behind. Uh-huh. It's not going to happen. <laughs> not Reset. Like, Reset. This is not, yeah, this is not, not the game. But it was amazing. Like a lot of, a lot of the games that we were spending a lot of time with were fundamentally like co-op experiences. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the, it, we were, you were talking about Final Fantasy earlier and I remember playing the Final Fantasy maps as well. And one of the things that I loved about it was I always, when I was a kid, I always wanted to play a Final Fantasy game where each of my friends played as one of the characters, yeah. which in the world of, on the PlayStation one, that makes no sense. Yeah. Like, I don't know how fun that, why would that be fun? <laughs> but in Starcraft, you could sort of make that a reality. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was just the role play experience of that was just enjoyable. Um, you talked about opening up the map editor a little bit though. And I want to circle back to that because I also opened up the map editor and it, for me, for my, that fork in the road for me, I was just kind of like, uh, I don't know, this is too complicated and closed it. But I feel like you kept it on and maybe did stuff. And I'm curious about that. This is like the if the origins of my like interest in game design problem. This, this <laughs> See, there we go. Yeah, there we go. I mean, I think it, it started a little earlier because I had uh, in elementary school learned basic because I had we had really old janky computers, like older than mm-hmm. we should have had. Mm. Um and so I had like been making kind of text adventures in basic, but like not having ever played a text adventure game. Oh, yeah. It was just, I wanted to make a game. I knew how to program in basic. So they, they looked like text adventures until, right. I le- until I, some, some internet forum taught me how to make sprites. And then there were some graphical ones too. Um, but when I, so that had like settled, like I kind of stopped doing that kind of game design. And then, when Starcraft came around, I was like reminded like, oh, I could like do all these games. And 
I, I, I think, you know, th- th- this is a corner of my own design history I've never explored really, but there's a fundamental like fan fiction character to a lot of these maps. And like the first Starcraft map that I like really worked on, like worked on a lot was a wheel of time map. Hmm. Oh, wow. So it, it's in that folder. And, and I don't <laughs> okay. know how well, like, I don't know how it works. I can, I really can hardly <laughs> remember. I remember I spent a lot of time like carefully drawing the map and like <laughs> trying to get the map from the book, like on the game. Right. Um, yeah. And I, and I'm quite certain that the ma- the map never took off, or I don't even know if it was completed. There is a file called Wheel of Time Final. And yeah, I see Wheel of Time V 2.00 at the yeah, very so least. That, that one could be it. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> and I, I like. I think it was something I, I played, but I was really interested in like, oh, I like the diplomacy style maps. And and I had mentioned to you that I had a, a good friend of mine and I worked like we actually had done a lot of um, map design in Warcraft Two. Which mm-hmm. is everything that we're saying uh, for StarCraft is true of the Warcraft 2 scene, but the tools weren't quite good enough. Right. And also, like, the community was too small to, like, produce something interesting. So I think, like, Warcraft 2, like, a lot of those tool- tools were there, but it was really until StarCraft that, like, things clicked on. But uh, we, we were obsessed with, this, with the First World War, and we made this map called, I think it was just called, like, World War One was, like, the mm-hmm. name of this map, which... Uh, it either was an adaptation of a very early diplomacy variant or was like one of the first games to like have the supply zones where you, you have to build a little supply depot to get resources. And then my, my first experience of like virality in a digital sense was uh, watching Warcraft World War One take off in world in a late stage World War uh, Warcraft Two world where I would like go into Warcraft Two and be like, wow, a lot of people are playing this like goofy world war one map that we made. Um, right. And then some of that, like I remember having this moment with my friend, Chris Contreras um, in the context of, of Starcraft playing a world war one map that was like modeled on the Warcraft map and being like, Ooh, this is, <laughs> wow. uh, this is spooky. Um, but, but, but we, we, we've been playing, you know, like a lot of these, a lot of these games. I like tried to make, I tried to make an RPG did not work at all. Um, but I was really interested in like playing playing with with, with those tools. Um, some of my favorite uh, use map settings maps, and ones I was thinking about a lot, were these historical maps. So like there mm-hmm. is uh, there are all the all the, the the diplomacy games, and there was a, a branch of the, of the diplomacy games called Rise of Rome, which I mm-hmm. was super super interested in because it was basically like, I mean the. The, the diplomacy maps went so hard. Like essentially people were designing paradox style, like strategy games. Right. In inside, StarCraft. Inside StarCraft. <laughs> um, there, there is a diplomacy map called um, the rise of Prussia, which mm-hmm. it distinguishes itself because most of the diplomacy maps start with these, like you have these big nations, but rise of Prussia, you play like all the small powers in the, like, I don't know. I think like in the late 18th century or no, actually I think there's like an 1871. It doesn't matter. It really does yeah, not yeah. matter. Um, <laughs> but uh, it had like really uh, intricate tech trees and also like neutral powers that you would have to deal with. That wow. um, was, it was all being handled through, through triggers. The, um, the, the rise of Rome ones had really cool, like barbarian invasions that would come in. Yeah. And yeah, you, yeah. Could, you could place Carthage and all this. Um, and, I was, I was so like, that was probably the height of my use map settings obsession where I'm like, it's Friday night. And I know all my friends want to play like bunker wars or smash TV. And I'm like, no, we're playing rise of Rome 1.7 right. better than 1.8 for the, like, these very specific reasons. Yeah. And how long does that map variant take to play? Oh, it's like, like a three, like it's a- like, it's the evening. You're like, you're going to sit <laughs> yeah. down and play like- that's something that that's a wild thing to me in revisiting these like in doing research for this is i forgot like how long these people expected you to play like one map like people were building like epic games inside of starcraft oh well and there was no way to like i think you can't you could save the game but there were like not all of them would tolerate saving very well yeah there was like a there were these rpgs called open rpgs Mm -hmm. and i remember thinking it was so cool because you could like buy a town like everything was like purchasable uh, cool. And it was a very like it was like people playing like Daggerfall. I mean, like what if Daggerfall was wow. Starcraft? Yeah, yeah, basically uh, Elder Scrolls. Yeah, yeah. It was basically Elder Scrolls. And those games took like I remember there was a Saturday morning where like that was all we played. 
We like got online at like 8 a.m., like played till like two in the afternoon, and we were just playing one StarCraft map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was it was wild how long things could just stretch out because nobody there was no preconceived notion of you know what this needed to be or yeah. what it didn't need to be. Um, there, I, I used to be sort of into the role-playing scene on, in, in StarCraft. There were like role-playing maps where it was, it was very interesting because it was sort of like RPG maker within StarCraft where you had a lot of, it's almost like they made the map editor into a game and then told you use chat to like make a little story. And mm. there was a vibrant community for, for this. And it even, wow. I think transitioned into uh, Warcraft three. And this is actually, um, our, our mutual friend, Alex, who Matt was, uh, talking about that we played the other day with when I met him, he was like, m he's younger than me yeah. and he was doing that. He was playing the, the role play maps in Starcraft. And I knew like, he was like my, my friend's younger brother. And I knew he was cool just based off that, <laughs> but he was too embarrassed to talk to me about it. <laughs> Every time I would come down, I could tell he was playing a role play map because I just recognized them and he would just minimize the, the, the window every single time. And I would be like, what are you doing? Do you want to talk to me about that? Um, but yeah, there were so many like micro communities within that. I'm, I'm not even sure. Do you, do you, did you ever check that out? Did you ever check out roleplay against so, StarCraft? So or? there were, there were, I remember loading into a roleplaying map, expecting it to be like an RPG map mm, and right. then being like, what is this? Yeah. yeah there's like works. nothing at, <laughs> to start with. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like part of the same, like Neverwinter Nights experiment where it's like, what if you just let players design the game yeah. fully? Yeah. I mean, well, and, and this is the thing about like the use map settings thing that I like adore is that this design moment that it minted, we are still in. Yeah. Like there's like a yeah. straight line from this to Roblox. I was going to say the same. All I've been thinking about all week is just like Roblox. But the difference is, I don't know how many World War One battle reenactments there are in Roblox. I think I think maybe the crowd is different, but I don't know. Maybe not. I, I have to check out Roblox and find out. <laughs> well, they got so there, there there's a funny thing that happened to the StarCraft maps as like they definitely when we would um, go back and play it for like, you know, this is our. Like when I'm a sophomore in high school feeling nostalgic for my days of seventh grade, mm -hmm. we're like, let's boot up StarCraft. At that point, we were all playing like Counter-Strike and Tribes and nonsense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm like, let's boot up StarCraft and like see what's going on. And it was crazy to see how much the design conversation had like evolved. Yeah. And part of this is I think people started using, and I don't really know anything about this, but like there must have been some kind of hacked map editor people were using mm -hmm. because there are certain maps that do not work on the current version of StarCraft, the like remaster. Mm. And I think they don't work for security reasons because there was like hacked versions right. of materials. Like all there. the building colors, they could like invert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh. They were making new colors. Yeah, they were making stuff, yeah, yeah, they were making new colors. The, the palettes <laughs> would be like sparkly. And it, like, it was yeah. so clear what had happened is they had just like swapped the little like palette key. Yeah. Um, but there were maps like that, but also the actual like design conversation had, had moved on. So like, um, out of strife. So like proto Dota, you start seeing in Starcraft. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, like, okay, in my innocent days of bunker wars, um, there was a map called room wars, mm -hmm. which was a great, great design where basically there was this like maze of buildings and every 30 seconds, Every door that was open closed and every door that was closed opened and you could move your oh, units wow. around. And it was, it was really like, it was all about information management. Like you, you weren't hmm. sure like where their forces were and whoever was standing, whoever had like the most pieces in a room or something would like take control of the room. And then on the mini map, you could see which rooms were controlled by which players, but not where their forces were. It, it's an amazing piece of design. Yeah. Like it was, it was like a, it was like a great d game. Um, and it, it it felt almost like its own video game. Like it had gotten like yeah. too clean. Yeah. We yeah. we played the thing, and that is just among us. Like straight up and down. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Among yeah. us is the thing <laughs> in StarCraft to a T. That that kind of I mean I that's what I used to in StarCraft two when I was first playing it. Uh, that was the first time I ever encountered uh, mafia or werewolf or anything sure. like that. Like they, there was wow. a, just a it, there wasn't even that was like a no micro. You just sat in a lobby and played mafia basically and then the like like little cinematics would play out but yeah i i it's amazing how many games 
are just built in this ecosystem that then become their own fully fleshed game outside of it. I mean, it, it to the point of like Roblox or, or what you see in a lot of games these days, I there is this interesting idea of these companies that are like invested in giving tools for game design where they're just like, yeah, please, please tinker with the pieces because like <laughs> we'll get to rip some of your ideas later maybe or hire you or whatever it is like right. stuff will come out of this. Yeah, there were so many game designers that were born, I think, in that map editor. Yeah, but also it's like I it there is an aspect of this conversation that I'm kind of concerned about, which is like the idea of preserving all of this, yeah. like going through and revisiting this stuff. It is kind of mind blowing how important a lot of it is. Yeah. But like, I don't know how you keep it, like how you preserve it. I mean, I'm sure it's it's all out there yeah. somewhere, you know, but I I just hope that people realize that like the, the StarCraft use map setting stuff is as worthy of preservation of as basically any old yeah. video game. Um, but yeah, I I find in in looking for old maps, it's like kind of tough. There's not a really solid compendium of like all of the old stuff and there should be there should yeah. be somewhere somebody should do that well like a decade ago i had wanted to play starcraft and uh i remember looking for some old maps and there was like there was a map database somewhere mm -hmm. that, that was searchable and i was like oh thank god all the old maps oh there you are go saved. but then as i was looking at the database i'm like where are all the maps like this is yeah. like it, because it felt like oh here's two thousand maps that's got to be all of them and it's like no there were so, <laughs> so many, there were so many more. Um, and even like, you know, in my little like 700 map folder or whatever that I sent, there are things I'm like looking through, I'm like scrolling through right now and being like, wait, but th this isn't the good variant of that. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough because, uh, I mean, everyone made their own little copy. Everyone, everyone opened up every map and was like, I'm going to do one slight alteration. Sometimes they would just do it to cheat. Uh, we yeah. were playing a Lord, an old Lord of the Rings map that I liked, and evidently for this version, this person had edited it to make that this one seat is the obviously the most powerful player. <laughs> like, and just like we got to maybe ten minutes in, and that player was just stomping literally everyone. Um, so you got you got that too. You have bad <laughs> permutations of yeah. all of this. Uh, th there needs to be some sort of like curated compendium right. where it's like we save the important stuff which would kind of be like a life work at this <laughs> point you would have to spend the rest of your <laughs> you life doing just be playing for so many so many maps yeah. yeah my other favorite aspect of it too was you know you you were finding sort of like repositories of collections of maps and stuff and uh i love the fact that like the scene never fully died which means like yeah you're talking about there were sort of pre lord of the rings movies maps and then there were post lord of the rings movies maps that were like yeah. all helms deep or whatever but now there's also like you know, there there's Halo Fall of Reach maps where like things that post date mm -hmm. StarCraft fully by by a decade are used map settings in StarCraft. And I find that like really beautiful. Oh, yeah. See, I haven't booted it up. I'm like, it, it, I'm sure that there's a good StarCraft 2 map in StarCraft 1. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can play all of StarCraft 2, I'm sure, in StarCraft 1. And I bet you could play it on one map. I bet yes. you can play all of StarCraft 2 on one giant map. My, one of my favorite um, map genres. So this like, okay, so it starts wrapping back. Because we had, uh, we, we started finding maps that were like interesting, like melee challenges. Where what yeah. they were doing is they were saying like, hey, we're not playing around with the bounce of StarCraft. But like, can you use six lings to kill one dragoon oh, in yeah. this situation? And then one of my favorite genres of maps, and I, I have played these in StarCraft 2 too, is um, the betting maps where you get in with a bunch of friends <laughs> and you play and they have like, what they did is they took the large map size, they put all of the, the 1v1 maps inside of it. And then they're mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm challenging you. And it's like, okay, we're going to do a melee. You versus me, pick your race inside the map. And then the right. other players get to make bets on how the game's going to go. It's camel up. It's yeah, camel up it's with camel up. all in one map. And, yeah. you, and then you, like, you like play through it and like the bets are worth less money and there's little odds calculations wow. that are all built mm -hmm. into it. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, StarCraft is like, it's remediating itself. Wow. Um, 
yeah, it's, it, 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 it's, it is something, it is outside, it's outside imagination. Like it, and, and it yeah. happens because they just gave a too powerful map editor to a bunch of kids. Right. Yeah. So here's my question then, because like Warcraft 3 evolves this map editor, I think in a lot of like amazing ways, right? You said yeah. the, the actual discoverability goes down because they make it too easy, which is something I think we see across the board with technology. But my question is, by the time StarCraft 2 rolls out, I feel like you see this thing online of people saying like, this isn't it. This is not the same feeling. This isn't the same, like, you know, people aren't as attached to StarCraft 2. And what is that? Like, what makes StarCraft unique? Is it just nostalgia and the timing? Or is there really more to it than that in the actual, like, design elements in place? Well, there is some. So I think, I mean, I'll, I will say here, like, on the record, that, like, StarCraft 2 is a much better game than yeah, StarCraft mm -hmm. 1. Especially at, like, if, you're, if we're talking about ladder and, like, competitive games, I think StarCraft 2 is, I think they very clearly learned all the lessons of StarCraft 1. And then what is incredible about StarCraft 2 is they had three expansions mm -hmm. and a really robust competitive scene that even though it was dying out, there were still like a lot of players. I think it went free to play at the right time and the community has been involved in the right way to like, this is a game like really being designed and engineered by its like most dedicated players. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly robust um, and it has like a really neat and uh, undervalued like co-op mode yeah and i think mm -hmm. i think the campaign is very good in starcraft 2 and i also think that like it there are interesting use map settings games yeah in starcraft 2 but this scene has never been replicated as far as i'm concerned yeah and yeah. i and i think it has to do with, with fundamentally two things the first thing is how low resolution and i mean this in a mm. metaphorical sense the map editing tools are like mm -hmm. we all have the same like limited palette of colors and right. so that means that like you can do some really creative things but you can't you can't build like spider-man 2 yeah. in the way that like when you look at some roblox mods you're like oh this is just a game yeah yeah um, this is a full-on game this is a full-on game and starcraft says like no 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 it's always a starcraft map Mm -hmm. like you just can't you can't get rid of the hud i mean like you like when, when you click on zerg you know that zergling might be called gimli but there's going to be a goofy little zergling face that's like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't be gimli's face and i think that um that w is incredibly democratizing which ties me to my second point which is that starcraft i think shows a value in a horizontal map generation priority system. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the right words for it, but it's like, these were maps that could not be monetized. They right. could not be promoted. It was right. hard to even know like what was popular. Yep. Um, and the result of that was this like incredibly democratizing element. where like, yeah, anybody could make a map because anybody was making maps. Yeah. And right. so a lot of the, like, you know, the thing that happened in Warcraft three is w w when they started changing it, like, and I think, I think Warcraft three was like right on the edge of it where you could still go in and see like the big scroll of maps. And then it was probably in Starcraft two. They were like, these are the featured maps. These yeah, are like right. the premium maps. And yeah, they tried to curate, which is what, which is what Roblox did. And it's like, well, how, yeah. how the steam store works. I mean, like mm -hmm. you kind of need curation because you know, they are essentially, they're trying to make sure people have a good time. Yeah. But it, that same impulse means that you're not having a weird time. <laughs> yeah 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 it's true a lot of starcraft discovery was about having a weird time and actually wasting a lot of time mm -hmm. booting up maps that were not good or figure or wasting a bunch of time exploring a map and realizing that like it doesn't work at the end i want to add something to what you were saying cole and just from more of a playing them experience because what i noticed at being a kid and then growing into warcraft 3 and then later starcraft 2 was a lot of it was a matter of scale because starcraft is so low res you can fit so much junk so many ideas into just one custom map of mm -hmm. it whereas by the time you get to warcraft 3 it feels more zoomed in and pared down as far as the scope now in that zooming in you get a lot of great detail now we have like rpg actual rpg mechanics yeah. actual progression we can play with in the game 
Uh, there's UI that helps like deepen the experience, but the scale isn't, oh, uh, here's like a hundred dinky or, or 200 dinky ass units that we're just going to spawn in every, yeah. you know, every five minutes or whatever. Hmm. Um, and I feel like that scale played a, played a lot into it for me because it felt like the scope of the imagination was pared down. Now, it also brought with it like deeper games, I feel like on a certain mm -hmm. level, but it's like finger painting, right? It's like, it's like you can paint anything with your fingers, whatever. And that's impressive because it's like that tool uh, is so simple yeah. that you were mm -hmm. able to make something so interesting with it is really impressive. Uh, but as the, the tools gained sophistication, they also like their scope and their scale went down as well. Well, and, um, and at that level too, when everything is on that simple level, everything is to a certain extent rinky dinky. <laughs> like even yeah. the most complicated yes. maps, you can see like what tricks they're pulling to do this. Whereas I look at something like Roblox or the StarCraft II map editor and I'm like, that's too complicated for me. Like I would have to learn coding right. basically to be able to do this stuff. And so it, the people that are actually making stuff that like kind of goes away, maybe a little bit less so in Roblox because there is a lot of just stupid stuff out there for, you know, six year olds or whatever. Like they're, they're still playing with their rinky dinky stuff, which is great. But because there's such a higher tier of capability, it kind of turns into like, well, only the experts can actually make this stuff. So I'll I'll bow out and then you suddenly lose a bunch of ideas you would have had. Yeah. And I think that there I mean, all the all the good design stuff is still happening. I mean, I think that right. like I am not like an eight year old child playing a, a ton of Roblox. So like I'm mm -hmm. not seeing that that universe, which I'm sure right. is is out there. Yeah. And, people, right. I, and I get some of this with my kids. They engage with Minecraft. I mean, I think it's, so mm -hmm. here's I, I mean, I, I will attempt to to not be nostalgic about this and to instead put this in the context of a longer design tradition, which is, I think, yeah. uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll make a big presumption here. I think for, for people playing games, let's say before the age of, I don't know, 13, um, games are like toys. They're like blocks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You are playing inside the game, but you're probably not playing the game as it's like meant to be played. Right. Exactly. And like, my two sons, so I have three kids, and my two older sons, uh, who are uh, nine and seven, they play like a fair bit of Minecraft. And what I love is they, they talk about Minecraft with their friends mm -hmm. at school. They don't really play it online, but then they'll come home and like boot it up on the Switch and like build things that they've been talking about at school. Yeah. And like that is an idea being shared and spread and moved around. For sure. In, in a way that is not so different from like a StarCraft map. Right. Um, and, and I even see this, I mean, Among Us is actually a great example of this because my kids have been playing Among Us as a playground game for a few years now. They've only played like actual Among Us like maybe once and I don't think they cared for it like that much. Wow. But like as an <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah, it's just the idea. As an That's idea, like they are playing with it. And what I'm realizing is like, you know, th there is a lot of value to this like video game and even board game like space before you um, before you accept all the rules as written. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and what is so cool about the StarCraft use map scene is uh, that space became like really transparent. Like the fact that I can look at this folder of use map settings games. Like, I don't know if my kids will ever be able to look at all their Minecraft worlds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's like we have this like little index of, of what that whole scene was like and scrolling through th th this folder of StarCraft maps, which, by the way, you can share however you want. Uh, again, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a mix of torrents. I don't even know really w what is in there. But um, scrolling through it is not so different from the process of like scrolling on a Friday night through all the different StarCraft maps that were being yeah. like, hosted and played. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad you bring up that point of it's like these these game modes just shifted to like other genres too. Like the, the stuff has just moved into new popular games. RTSs in the late nineties were like the most control you could have over an environment, right? Like a, a doom map can have a lot of control, but at the end of the day, a lot of what you're doing is running around in a first person perspective and probably shooting things. And that's like, you know, Oh, yeah. can be a somewhat limiting factor. So StarCraft was where it's like, I don't know, man, you're just clicking on stuff and that can kind of be whatever you want it to be. And I, and I think 
seeing that trend into something like Minecraft where it's like, well, RTSs aren't the most fluent and, and complicated way we can just like be expressing ideas. Minecraft is literally a Lego blocks game and that got to, you know, take over that. And then Roblox is sort of like taking it from there. Fortnite is the same thing, right? Fortnite is like, let's capitalize on just the hang attitude of, I don't know, you can build stuff. You can kind of do whatever you want. We recognize that you're just here to play in the space and we'll just try to make the space as accommodating to everybody as possible. One thing that I feel like the StarCraft scene is doing that I want more of is the idea that, like, StarCraft is a real-time strategy game, but a lot of these use map setting stuff is sort of about transcending that genre uh -huh. and using it to be like other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to play a JRPG and I have to use the mechanics of StarCraft to do it. Yeah. So there's a lot of like kind of synthesis that's happening in my brain. Um, but I'm still sort of having an experience that is outside of the RTS. That's something like I want, I want a game... I want to play more stuff like that yeah. that sort of goes right up against its own boundary and tries to break through it. It can't really fully ever do that, yeah. right? right? You can't have a game that just that just expands outside of itself like that endlessly because that's just a game engine that's at the end of the design. day. Yeah. That's literally just making <laughs> games. Yeah. Uh, but I love that it that it does that because yeah. uh, well, it's so charming. There's like, uh, there are these Tron maps that would like... I feel like the one trauma I played was like spawning creep, creep colony, not what are those called? Sunken colonies, or maybe there Sunken was one colonies, that, yeah. that, that used vultures or whatever, but like, it was like playing snake and your yeah. units were just yeah. always spawning behind you. And if ever, if they ever collided, it would, it would break. It was amazing because at that moment, like there was probably no way to easily play like Tron multiplayer yeah. or right. um, the paintball maps were insane because yeah. you were all play a ghost. So every player is a ghost. And I think it's one hit kill. Mm -hmm. but the maps are filled with trees, which have really funny yep. sight properties in mm -hmm. Starcraft. And so you're like moving between trees and then you like, don't want to attack move. Like maybe you can't attack move. You have to like force attack. So yeah. what they were trying to do was like, give the feeling of like a first person shooter, but mm -hmm. you're playing it top down. Right. Uh, and yeah, yeah, and yeah they, they worked. Genre bending. And you're hiding too. That's yeah. my favorite aspect of the paintball maps is that it's about literally just looking at the art of the game and trying to find places you can hide your character. Yeah. Um, which is not what any of that was designed for. There right. was no, they weren't like thinking about how you should be able to hide your your units in StarCraft. That's very strange. I have just had so much fun uh, exploring <laughs> the use map setting world to the extent that like even this is our episode uh i'm not gonna stop yeah to be I'm, addicted. Gonna keep, I'm gonna keep doing this there's 700 um, maps I, there's so much like i uh, literally this could be a whole podcast yeah. you could just have a whole podcast where you just talk play to use about, map setting and talk about like, it <laughs> and what a service that would be to have someone yeah Going through the folders and finding the good stuff and building that compendium has a historical I might just document. Quit everything I yes. do, I might quit Space Cast, <laughs> I might quit OGA, and just do this because somebody needs it yeah. needs to be done. Somebody right. needs to do it for history. Right. You know, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm saying this not because it has to do with StarCraft, but because of 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 the show that I am on right now. Um, I was thinking about older video games and curation lately, and I was reminded mm -hmm. of this website where I like lived as a seventh grader and eighth grader, which was called home of the underdogs. Mm -hmm. And this was a website that was kind of like Abandonia, but before Abandonia, but it just mm -hmm. curated old games and then had a lot of like sketchily legal downloads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a great place. It was like every game had like a little entry and it had like a little two, three paragraph review. And yeah. that yeah. was like how I found games. And so Hunter, I want to encourage you to build that but for <laughs> Starcraft maps. I really, I, I mean, I really want to, um, because it feels like there, this is, there's so much here. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're both Cole, me and you are both people that, that spent a lot of time with this in our youth. And you have a couple times brought up maps that I didn't know anything about actually. And you're bringing them up like, oh, there was a whole scene yeah. around here. So it was so imperfect because it was just a fucking whatever <laughs> list of whatever is happening. It, you could be in it all day, every day yeah. and not have gotten everything oh, yeah. out of that experience. I, I, scrolling through 
this map before we started recording, I saw a map that like it like it felt like it was cold water being like splashed in my face, but it was a Civil <laughs> War map called the Shenandoah Valley Campaign, which was Whoa. built entirely around the concept that if you have high ground, and this is something that I think they dropped in the second. I'm, I'm sure they dropped it in second Starcraft, but uh, it used to be that like cliffs caused misses. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. like, if you were attacking uphill, it would like there'd be right. a mischance. So the, into- yeah, yeah. the entire map was about like using terrain and all your units were ghosts and they had like a shit ton of life. So it took a long time. So you'd have like two ghosts shooting at each other for like mm-hmm. about five minutes. And that was like, it's a battle. <laughs> Um, it's such a good simulation yeah. of it. Though. Uh, like you're using the tools. And what is amazing about the, the Shenandoah Valley campaign, and I think there are actually a bunch of campaigns they did, is that it had victory conditions for. So you would like play the game, and you're like, okay, here's the battle. Your objective is to take the hill. Go do that. You're like fighting it out, whatever. And I think you could even play some of them with with teams. And then, depending on how the battle happened, there was a branching campaign that it would move you to another part of the map and be like, okay. Your, your troops, like, they made it to, to whatever town on time, so now you have, like, this defensive position, and you're going to play, like, the second episode. And wow. that that map swallowed my life for, like, two weeks. Like, I was, like, completely <laughs> obsessed with, like, how they built a branching, like, campaign war game. And there's also, wow. like, there's a lot of, I mean, again, the StarCraft map as, like, an object of, like, fan creation there were mm-hmm. like literary adaptations, film adaptations, people like yep. porting yep. video games and mm-hmm. also people porting board games. Like uh, w- one of the most, like one of the biggest maps, which is still a big map if you play StarCraft II use map settings, are the Risk maps. Oh, yeah. Which yep. are instead yep. like playing real-time Risk. Right. Yep. And, and because I think so much of this has to do with the fact that if you wanted a stable multiplayer experience circa 1998, 1999, Battle.net was like the best yeah place to get one and so it was i think it was probably easier to build a game inside the starcraft map editor than to like think about what it meant to like make a you know digital way of playing anything else i mean i usually like you could play chess as a star as a used map setting and it wasn't it was just chess yeah like Mm -hmm. it it wasn't it wasn't any fancier than like we're just playing a game (laughs) of chess but we're doing it inside starcraft because that's what we have Right. right. That's that's what yeah. the internet had access to. There wasn't a chess.com necessarily for good multiplayer chess online. We had StarCraft instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the part where we can't really go back right. to. Yeah. Right. Is we can't go backwards to the point where StarCraft was just merely the place we hung right. out because was there was no other spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same as TV. It's like, well, we're all watching TV because that's what's on. Like that, we have the we have the four networks or whatever. That's it's yeah. basic cable. StarCraft was basic cable, and we just yeah, we it, had what we had. It's that little town where all they have is a Shoney's, but now they have a Burger King. <laughs> they, you know what I mean? <laughs> so on my, uh, I think I was in seventh grade or something, and I wanted to have all my friends over for a sleepover to play gauntlet legends which had just come wow. out yeah. and we had done we had done like one night of gauntlet legends and we had a great mm-hmm. time and now we were like let's all get together and play gauntlet legends but there was this horrible snowstorm and so all of us were stuck at home we could not play gauntlet legends and i remember going online and finding gauntlet legends the starcraft map and being <laughs> like we are playing gauntlet legends still we are still going like, to make this work <laughs> And, and what, what's yeah. wild is like, it could have been any game. Like, the, I mean, it was just like, you know, and, and I, you know, the other one that leaps to mind is like, I spent a lot of time playing the Grand Theft Auto maps. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, Grand Theft Auto 2, well, Grand Theft Auto 2 did have multiplayer. It had great multiplayer. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it uh, for a long time, like, if you wanted to play these games online, like, yep. use StarCraft. Wow. Yeah. Well, amazing. I, I feel like we've we've covered kind of all of what we can just in this specific discussion. Obviously, we could just like keep bringing up other used maps all day. And maybe that yeah. just becomes a new it's show. the rest of my life. Like, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. just make a new show of every week. It's like on display. Here's another used map. But Cole, I want to thank you for taking the time to just kind of go a little bit down memory lane. But also, I, f- I feel like this was a, a fun conversation about like design in general and like, you know, how a lot, so many of these things were born. I think you could, we could have had a similar conversation 
uh, within like a Doom episode about this because I think really similar things were happening yeah. in '90s, you know, in 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 the mid '90s, like post '93, uh, and 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 especially once Unreal comes out, like there's a lot of stuff going on in that modding scene. But well, it, you know, all of our touchstones are are RTSs instead here. Yeah, and it, it's not, you know, it, it's been funny. Like I've been learning a lot about interactive fiction over the last few years, and like mm-hmm. learning about the IF database. I'm like, oh, it's the StarCraft maps where yeah. like people yeah. had like access to inform. And they could like easily iterate and like react to each other. So I feel like this kind of open source stuff is so important to design. It's like a yeah. big reason why all my history games are in the Creative Commons, where I'm like, no, like I think if you want a robust design scene, you need to get as much stuff in the yeah. in the Creative Commons as possible. Because otherwise you're gonna end up with kind of like a weird design regression. I mean, I think the most disappointing part of the StarCraft II map scene is how I feel like I don't see new genres being born. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. tower defense games. I mean, we had this entire conversation. We didn't talk about tower defense games, a genre, genre (laughs) born. It was born in the Starcraft maps. Right. Um, And, and now, now it's a complete genre. Like every other mobile game is some kind of tower defense game. And what what bums me out is like loading into the StarCraft II use maps and seeing a tower defense and thinking like, come on, yeah, where's the next one? And I and I think right. it's, this yeah. is just a place where like I should probably be like deep in Roblox looking for like the next big design, right? Element. Yeah, right. It might be existing there. Yeah, I mean, you look at Dota specifically, and it's like this entire massive genre that like took over, you know, the the mid to late 2010s or whatever was just one of the ideas born out of this thing like there are so many entire momentums <laughs> behind game design that are just like a, a, a map setting because people had access to a tool to try it or whatever yeah and it's just because that was the canvas too like yeah. it's, it's especially with tower defense like so many of the decisions are just because what they were working with yeah. is a starcraft map right like that's what they have so that's why they all have to run in a lot. That's yeah, why it's yeah. a maze. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's just that way because, well, that was what they had. Right, so. right. Yeah. Well, awesome. Cole, thank you for, for hanging out with us. This was an absolute blast. Uh, Honor's been brimming from ear to ear for like the past <laughs> week about you use messages. I, I just love seeing it. Uh, I wish I'd been there. You know, I wish I'd, I'd been a part of the StarCraft thing. It wasn't until uh, Warcraft 3 for me. So thank you, too, for sharing yeah. your joy uh, about this whole era with me. Yes, it's fun. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. Old Gamers Almanac is produced by Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson with music by Knight Corey. If you liked our little show, consider giving us a five-star rating or heading over to patreon.com slash oldgamersalmanac.